Hello, and welcome to the MIT Press Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gondek, and today I'll be speaking with Matthew Hoffman and Erica Weinthal, the editors, along with Stephen Bernstein, of the journal Global Environmental Politics, which is published by the MIT Press. Matthew Hoffman is a professor of political science at the University of Toronto and co-director of the Environmental Governance Lab. Erica Weinthal teaches at Duke University and specializes in global environmental politics and environmental security, with a particular emphasis on water and energy. Stay tuned after the interview for more information about the show. Erica Weinthal and Matthew Hoffman, thanks for being on the MIT Press podcast today. Great to be here. So for those people who might not have heard about the journal Global Environmental Politics, uh, we'll start with you, Erica. Could you tell us what the journal's mission is? This is a journal that has been around now for 20 years, and it began to really um, bring together scholars who were working in the area of the global environment within primarily the field of political science, but other social sciences, to look at issues of environmental change, to look at issues of local global interactions um, for environmental management, to think about um, how states come together to address some of the most um, important and pressing environmental problems. And it has focused on a wide range of issues over the years, everything from um, climate change to the trade in global waste, to water issues, to global finance, to the role of the private sector. Erica explained that really well. I, I guess the only thing I would add is, from the beginning, the the goal of global environmental politics and something we've tried to continue as the latest editors is really to publish the best research on that intersection that Erica talked about between global environmental changes and global environmental problems and the political and social solutions that that all kinds of different actors, from states to NGOs and corporations. Um, and uh, are, are attempting. And by best, I guess I also mean here, by the best research, I mean a broad range of theories and approaches that encompasses really the breadth of questions and dynamics that make up environmental politics in the world. And, and the, I guess the only other thing I would add is that I think underlying our academic mission has always been also an, an attempt to publish work that can contribute to debates and politics outside the the academy as well. Is there anything we can learn from looking at the most popular articles that have been downloaded from the GEP over the last 20 years? Um, yeah, so we've broken, I think, some substantive ground on a, in a number of areas. I think we've really broken ground on the ways in which actors other than nation states play a significant role in global environmental politics. Um, that's not to say that we have that our articles haven't really delved into the international politics of a lot of global environmental politics or issues, especially climate change and ozone and and trade and the intersection between trade and environment. But I think that one of the things that we're known for is is really seeing politics in a broad sense. And so I think we've over twenty years have really broken ground on that. Um, and I think we've broken ground and some of our more popular articles have broken ground and really on the critical side and thinking about what's the critical way that we can analyze the relationship between politics and capitalism and politics and economics and how those two forces really delve or really drive a lot of both the global environmental problems that we see, 
but uh, global environmental politics as well. So one of the things I did um, in preparation for our conversation today was just to go back and look at some of the early articles. And I was struck by how in um, the first few years of the journal, there were a lot of issues that were tackled that are still really relevant today, including um, there was a special issue or a collection of articles that focused on the role of consumption and the role of the individual and what we can do um, as individuals in our everyday lives um, in thinking about how to tackle these very large global problems. And I think this is something that is still really relevant um, today when we see all the activism of young people um, across the world, really thinking about you know, what does this mean for my own personal life at the same time? You know, we're part of this larger collection of individuals, communities, and nation states. And in many ways, I think um, global environmental politics has been really at the forefront of trying to make the journal relevant for individuals, but also um, infuse recommendations and dialogue into the policy debates. And over the years, um, we, you know, we've seen the journal expand in the topics that, that we've addressed, everything from thinking about the role of norms, um, bringing in indigenous politics into the journal, trying to um, reach a wider array of disciplines and, methodolo and um, methods. And so the journal has grown in many ways as the field has grown within the academy and its reach outside of the academy. Yeah, and I would just add to that. I think Erica hit that nail on the head. I think we've really demonstrated, and this is to the credit of the editors that have preceded us, and we're just trying to carry on that legacy. But I think the journal's demonstrated over the years that, a, that an interdisciplinary journal, because that's what global environmental politics is. We draw on research from geographers, from environmental studies, uh, significantly from political science, but also economics and environmental humanities. But that an interdisciplinary journal like this can be rigorous and inclusive. And we can build a community of folks that are answering these kinds of questions about global environmental politics from very different perspectives. And I think that that gives the journal a unique, a unique place um, in the literature as, as a place where people from very different perspectives and very different methodological approaches, very different disciplines can come together and ask sort of similar questions or at least contribute to an ongoing conversation in, in this area. So in that conversation, can you give us some examples of perhaps how the journal has affected the development in education of environmental politics and leadership in environmental politics since its debut 20 years ago? Well, so one of the key things is that it's, uh, it's the flagship journal for the environmental studies section of the International Studies Association, which is itself a sort of broadly interdisciplinary approach to the study of global politics. And so... That, that the community in that environmental studies section and that environmental studies community has really grown as the journal has grown. And I think that we have a we have an important place in that community. And I mean, on a very practical level, we also publish and uh, quite a few junior junior scholars, and I think that we've been an important outlet for 
scholars that are starting to make their name and starting to get their careers going. And I think that that's been very important. I don't have data on it, but I know that I use global environmental politics articles in my classes a lot, and and I think that that my experience there is not um, is not unusual. I think that we are we publish the kind of articles that are useful in university classes precisely because we're asking the big questions, or the, our authors are asking the big questions, and they're asking them from multiple perspectives. You know, one of the things that we do often is have special issues, and often these special issues become really useful for um, use in the classroom, as as Matt had noted. And just for example, one of the special issues, um, one of the first ones that we were able um, to oversee had to do with the global environmental politics of food. And that is a topic that has become increasingly um, important in the study of global environmental politics, um, just because of, as Matt also noted, these intersections between agriculture, um, sustainability, the role of multinational corporations in the food sector. So um, the articles are able to tackle a whole array, array of um, issues that you can use as a collection in the classroom. Um, we've also been able to over the years, be a place where scholars can put forth new methodologies. So using different forms of ethnography as a method in global environmental politics or um, having a larger number of articles using network analysis. And so the journal has really um, helped incubate a lot of this cutting edge research that's been taking place in global environmental politics. But I also think it's important to note that scholars over the years have begun to be very cognizant of not wanting their work just to be in the academy. And so one of the things that we've been doing is partnering with the Environmental Security and Change Program at the Woodrow Wilson Center with their new security beat. And we often ask our um, authors as we're going to press, whether they would like to write a blog um, regarding one of their articles so they can reach a broader audience. And so we've been trying to encourage our authors to really engage with social media. Um, and we're seeing this increasingly as a way to, you know, to connect more um, to the policy world. Yeah, and we, we've also, and this has been in the journal for, for quite a few years, but we've been happy to continue it under our editorship, is that there, structurally we have a section of the journal that's called the, the Forum, um, and those articles are specifically written for audiences, broader audiences, so the academy and policymakers or the academy and activists, and trying to really provide a translation service as well getting some of the, the vast stores of knowledge that we have in the academy out into the broader world. Well, Erica, in that answer, you had mentioned uh, special editions. And I know that we're recording this in January, late January of 2020. Next month, uh, the 20th anniversary edition of Global Environmental Politics will be coming out. Could you talk about some articles that you'd like to highlight for the listeners? That's sort of a tease. Um, <laughs> in many ways, you know, one of the things that um, what we're doing is curating what would be an online um, special issue where we've taken 
10 articles that we um, have thought have had an impact on the field of global environmental politics with a few caveats that we didn't want to profile articles by previous um, editors and also we didn't want to pick some of the most recent articles. So it will be made available online, but I think it captures the breadth of what the field, how the field has grown where articles tackle everything from environmental activism to the role of um, private environmental governance to transnational NGO activism. Of course, we're gonna have articles on climate change governance, um, but also issues related to um, environmental justice and civic science. So there will be a very broad collection of articles that will be made available free online um, as part of the celebration of the journal being 20 years old. Yeah, and part of the process that we went through to put this together was it was really quite fun. We we contacted all of the previous editors and asked them for their sort of their, their greatest hits and got a, a lot of great suggestions for some really fun articles. And I'm sure the previous editors had fun going sort of back through their um, issues and, and seeing which articles really sort of stuck with them. And so from that list, we've curated it, curated and, and knocked it down to, to 10. And that was a really difficult process because one of the things that has been great about doing this special edition for the 20th anniversary is just realizing how much excellent work has come out of this journal. And so wanna, uh, I'll add a caveat to what, to what Erica said is that We've picked 10 articles um, for this 20th anniversary edition to try and talk about some, some of the breadth of and representative of the excellence that's come out of the journal. But we could have picked another completely different set of 10 and had uh, just as good an, an edition. And so I think people will really enjoy sort of looking back and, and thinking about sort of what's really come out of the the journal over the last 20 years and the important role that it's really played in developing this field. Well, in this interview, we've been focusing quite rightly on the journal and its 20th anniversary, but it is about politics. And this is 2020. And obviously, the big political event of this year is going to be the U.S. presidential election. Uh, obviously, I would guess there are certain parts of this election moving forward that you are watching. And I can think of multiple things that are coming up, issues of the Green New Deal, the Paris Climate Accord. Um, obviously, some of the climate change that's been happening in Australia earlier this month was of such a magnitude that it that the media couldn't look away. And I've also read recently that now there are certain, there are states that are uh, petitioning the federal government of the United States for help with climate change, even though they aren't coming out and saying climate change because of political considerations they have within their constituencies. So uh, I'll start with you, Matt, and of course, Erica, afterwards. What is it that you are looking at, what you'll be watching in this upcoming presidential election in the United States? Um, well, I guess one of the things I'll be looking at is to see what role climate change actually plays in the election. And uh, frankly, I'm, I'm worried that even though I think this election is probably the single most important election in my lifetime for climate change, um, that it's not gonna play that big a role because I think that the, the two parties are such that it's hard to convince people on, on the other side. 
Um, and so I, I'm really worried that the importance of this election for climate change is not going to be reflected in the debates and in the in the campaigns themselves. I think the the Democratic side will push on climate policy. The Green New Deal is going to be big in the Democratic primaries and differences amongst the Democratic candidates around climate policy is going to be big in the Democratic primaries. But we'll see how it plays out in the in the general election. Um, that said, I am I am very worried because I think that this election is going to be a fulcrum or a pivot point to see if the United States is going to come back into sort of reasonable and sane um, climate and environmental policy, or if it's going to have to be all done at the subnational level and amongst private actors. Because if, uh, if the, frankly, if the Trump administration is reelected, um, I don't see environment or climate policy at the national level recovering. Erica, your thoughts? So, you know, what was interesting about the journal and the field of global environmental politics is that the field grew out of wanting to study the role of states in addressing these huge global environmental challenges. And what has happened, you know, within at least the U.S. political system over the last few years is this pullback from an understanding of why we need a strong state, why we need bureaucracy, why we need regulations. And, you know, what I'm, what I'll be looking for and hoping for is um, leadership again in understanding what the role of government is in, in addressing many of these collective action problems, these environmental, you know, problems both globally and at home that we will go back to trusting science, um, privileging science in decision-making, in, you know, restaffing and beefing up our environmental protection agency so that it is a player um, both in the United States, but also one that can work with other environmental agencies and ministries worldwide. And so, you know, what I'm hoping for is that you know, as the field has become broader and said, oh, there's all these other actors out there, the private sector matters and um, individuals matter, that we also begin to recognize that we really need strong regulations and strong bureaucracies to play a role, too, in governance. Erica Weinthal and Matthew Hoffman, the editors of Global Environmental Politics, a journal from the MIT Press. Thank you for taking time to talk to us today and congratulations on 20 years of the global, global environmental politics. Thanks so much. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thank you. For more information about this and other journals the MIT Press publishes, please visit our website at mitpressjournals.org. Don't forget you can find the MIT Press on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MIT Press podcast. Copyright 2020, the MIT Press. All rights reserved.